Good morning. Welcome to Seal Limited Third Quarter 2020 Results Conference Call. All participants will be in listen-only mode. Should you need assistance, please signal the conference specialist by pressing the star key followed by zero. After today's presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. Please note this event is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to Ms. Mi Yun Song. Song, please go ahead. Well, thank you, Kate. Uh, good evening and good morning, everyone, uh, and welcome to C's 2020 Third Quarter Earnings Conference Call. I am Min Yu Song from C's Group Chief Corporate Officer's Office. Before we continue, I would like to remind you that we may make forward-looking statements which are inherently subject to risks and uncertainties that may not be realized in the future for various reasons as stated in our press release. Also, this call includes discussion of certain non-GAAP financial measures such as adjusted EBITDA and net loss excluding share-based compensation and changes in fair value of the 2017 convertible notes. We believe these measures can enhance our investors' understanding of the actual cash flows of our major businesses when used as a complement to our GAAP disclosures. For discussion uh, of the use of non-GAAP financial measures and reconciliation with the closest GAAP measures, please refer to the section on non-GAAP financial measures in our press release. I have here with me C's Chairman and Group, uh, group Chief Executive Officer, Forrest Lee, Group Chief Financial Officer, Tony Ho, and Group Chief Corporate Officer, Yan Jun Wang. Our management will share strategy and business updates, operating highlights, and financial performance for the quarter. This will be followed by a Q&A session in which we welcome any questions you have. With that, let me turn the call over to Forrest. Hello, everyone, and thank you, as always, for joining today's call. We are very happy to report another quarter of strong performance across our business. We continued to see robust user growth and the deepening of user engagement on each of our platforms during the quarter. We believe accelerating shift to digitalization in our global market is a sustaining trend. As the market leader in our core segment, we are well positioned to capture the growth opportunities presented by this acceleration. Our strong financial and operational results for the quarter once again underline our ability to execute well and see a disproportionate share of the fast-growing market. On the group level, our quarterly gap revenue grew 99% year-on-year to reach $1.2 billion. Gross profit grew 101% year-on-year to reach $407.6 million. We also recorded very strong bottom-line results, with adjusted EBITDA reaching $120.4 million. This further demonstrates the strength and efficiency of our business model. We will continue to drive rapid growth with efficiency as we further extend our market leadership. In line with our strong results, we are raising our guidance for both digital entertainment and e-commerce for the full year of 2020. In digital entertainment, we believe our very strong performance in the third quarter will sustain through the fourth quarter. As a result, we now expect bookings for the digital entertainment 
to exceed $3.1 billion, representing over 75% growth from 2019. This revised guidance represents an increase of more than 59% from the midpoint of the previously disclosed guidance. We also expect GAAP revenue plus sales incentives net off for e-commerce to exceed $2.3 billion. The revised guidance represents a more than 144% increase from 2019 and a more than 31% increase from the midpoint of the previously disclosed guidance. These revisions reflect both the strong historical performance we have achieved so far this year and our continued positive outlook moving into the fourth quarter. Let me start with the digital entertainment. The third quarter was another standout quarter for Garena with strong performance across all our key metrics. Bookings was $944.7 million, up 110% year-on-year. Adjusted EBITDA was $584.5 million, up 120% year-on-year, representing 62% of bookings. The strong performance was driven by robust active and paying user growth. Quarterly active users reached 572.4 million, an increase of 78% year-on-year. Quarterly paying users reached 65.3 million, up 124% year-on-year, and represented over 11% of quarterly active users. We are particularly encouraged by the strong active and the paying user growth for the quarter. This reflects our ability to continually deliver high-quality content that attracts and engages users. Free Fire sustained its strong performance. According to FNE, it continues to be the highest-grossing mobile game in Latin America and Southeast Asia in the third quarter. A key factor in Free Fire's continued success is our ability to constantly deliver high-quality content tailored for the tastes and the preferences of our huge global user base. In recent months, FreeFire partnered with celebrities such as Bollywood actors and global artists to create playable characters and other in-game content inspired by these celebrities. For example, in September, we released a playable character of a Bollywood star who was the lead actor in the highest grossing Indian film in 2019. We have also worked with a popular global artist to create another song exclusively for Free Fire, which is a play inside the game. Within two weeks of being launched, the song was streamed more than 25 million times across various online platforms. We introduced more social and community features into the game. For example, the new training ground feature has been highly popular with our users. This is an area within the game where players can meet and hang out socially. So far, about one in four of our players spend time there every day on average. These and other social features further strengthen the network effect and the stickiness of the game. On the same note, our esports community continues to thrive. Free Fire tournaments held during the quarter 
have accumulated over 150 million online views to date. In August, we hosted a national tournament for Brazil, spanning two months. This tournament has recorded over 47 million online views to date. We are also extending the reach of our esports events beyond our strong online audience. For example, the grand finals for Free Fire Indonesia Masters 2024 were broadcasted on national TV, reaching an even broader fan base online and offline. Our highly local and interactive content and community activities increase the affinity of our users have with Free Fire. This effort also ensures that the game stays fresh and relevant for our users over time. This in turn grows our user base and improves engagement. As we move into the fourth quarter and look to 2021, we will continue to focus on providing the global Free Fire community with captivating content and fresh and engaging experiences. Both within the game and through our social and community features, we are confident that there is a very long runway ahead for this franchise. Turning to e-commerce, Shopee had another great quarter. Building on our momentum and leadership, we continued to capture more shares of our region's rapidly expanding e-commerce segment. We also continued to deliver more value to our sellers and buyers while deepening monetization and driving efficient growth. Shopee recorded 741.6 million gross orders, up 131% year-on-year, and a GMV of 9.3 billion dollars, an increase of 103% year-on-year. Gap revenue for the third quarter was 618.7 million dollars, up 173% year-on-year. We also continued to drive efficiencies across the business with adjusted EBITDA loss per order decreasing by 48% year-on-year to 41 cents during the quarter. In the third quarter, Shopee continued to rank as the number one in the shopping category across Southeast Asia and Taiwan. By download, average monthly active users, and the total time spent in app on Android, based on app any. On a global level, Shopee was also the second most downloaded app in the shopping category according to app any. In our largest market, Indonesia, Shopee continues to further extend its market leadership. It registered over 310 million orders. At a daily average of around 3.4 million orders, an increase of over 124% year-on-year. It was also ranked first in Indonesia by average monthly active users, downloads, and the total time spent in app on Android in the shopping category in the third quarter, according to App Any. As e-commerce grows in importance across the region. We have been focused on delivering more value for our merchants across the Shopee ecosystem. For example, in addition to the Google partnership announced last quarter, Shopee launched a new strategic partnership with five leading global media agencies. This program is designed to equip these agencies with in-depth e-commerce knowledge, tools, and skills, so they can help more brands 
and retail merchants scale and succeed on Shopee. Further, we help merchants create better Shopee experiences to engage consumers. Shopee Live is one example. Sellers have found this feature helpful in driving user engagement and retention with memorable results. Shopee Live recorded over 48 million hours watched in the third quarter. Our momentum has carried forward into a record-breaking Double Eleven Big Sale Shopping Festival. We were heartened to see our SME sellers recording an incredibly successful sales event through the Shopee platform. In particular, the newer sellers who joined the Double Eleven Big Sale for the first time sold 10 times more orders than an average day. We have built powerful bonds of affinity with our users, and today Shopee is one of the most recognized and the best-loved brands across our community. In YouGov's recently published 2020 Global Best Brand Ranking, Shopee was the number eight ranked brand globally, and together with Amazon, represents the two e-commerce brands in the world's top ten ranking. As we continue to solidify and extend our market leadership in e-commerce, we will stay focused on providing the best long-term value for our users and building a healthy and sustainable ecosystem for our region. Moving on to C-Money, we saw the same strong growth momentum observed across Garena and Shopee during the quarter. Our mobile wallet total payment volume for the quarter exceeded $2.1 billion, with quarterly paying users surpassing $17.8 million. C-Money continued to deepen its integration with Shopee, leveraging Shopee's rapid growth and extensive reach to scale efficiently and effectively. In October, more than 30% of Shopee's total gross orders across our market combined were paid using our mobile wallet. We also continued to expand our suite of online and offline third-party use cases and partnerships in the third quarter. This has further increased the usage and the brand awareness of C-Money across our community. We see a significant opportunity ahead of C-Money and believe that we can capture it in a highly efficient manner by building on our core use cases. Our focus remains on scaling the business to enable more consumers and merchants to benefit from the ease and the convenience of our digital solution. In closing, the strong momentum from the first half of the year has carried on into the third quarter and beyond. Our third quarter performance is a testament to our ability to quickly adapt to the rapidly evolving needs and the preferences of our community. While we are benefiting from secular tailwinds and the rapid push towards digitalization, we remain very focused on strong execution to capture the growth opportunity. From highly local and deeply engaging content on Greener Games to Shopee's new partnerships, we will continue to listen to and innovate around our users. As we move towards the end of 2020 and into 2021, 
We are further extending and solidifying our market leadership position across all the key segments of the digital economy in our region. Our conviction in the scale of the opportunities ahead for C over the long term is growing even stronger. We remain committed to serving our communities with technology and enabling them to benefit from the growth of the digital economy in the long run. With that, I will invite Tony to discuss our financials. Thank you, Forrest, and thanks to everyone for joining the call. We have included detailed quarterly financial schedules together with the corresponding management analysis in today's press release, and Forrest has discussed some of our financial highlights, so I will focus my comments on the other relevant metrics. For C overall, total gap revenue grew by 99% year-on-year to $1.2 billion, which was mainly driven by continued monetization efforts in our e-commerce business in the past quarters, as well as growth of our digital entertainment business, especially our self-developed game, Free Fire. The 110% year-on-year growth in digital entertainment bookings to $944.7 million and 73% year-on-year growth in gap revenue to $569 million were primarily driven by the increase of our active user base and deepened paying user penetration, and in particular, the continued success of our self-developed game, Free Fire. Digital entertainment adjusted EBITDA was $584.5 million, an increase of 120% year-on-year, mainly due to strong top-line growth and our self-developed game accounting for an increased share of bookings. Our e-commerce gap revenue of $618.7 million included gap marketplace revenue of $467.1 million, up 164% year-on-year, and gap product revenue of $151.6 million, up 208% year-on-year. The strong results demonstrated the deepening penetration of e-commerce and our ability to capture these accelerated growth opportunities created by the rapid expansion of the digital economy. E-commerce adjusted EBITDA loss was $301.6 million as we continued our investment to fully capture the market opportunity in the region. We will continue to invest prudently and drive high-quality growth with increasing efficiency. Digital financial services gap revenue was $14.4 million, an increase of 766% year-on-year from $1.7 million in the third quarter of 2019. Adjusted EBITDA loss was $149.3 million in the third quarter of 2020 compared to a loss of $33.6 million in the same period of 2019. This was primarily due to our continued efforts to drive mobile wallet growth in our market and expand the suite of online and offline third-party use cases and partnerships. Returning to our consolidated numbers, we recognized a net non-operating loss of $74.3 million in the third quarter of 2020, compared to a net non-operating income of $9.8 million in the third quarter of 2019. Non-operating loss in the third quarter of 2020 was primarily due to the higher interest expense and foreign exchange loss. We had a net income tax expense 
of $46.4 million in the third quarter of 2020, which was primarily due to withholding tax and corporate income tax recognized in our digital entertainment business. As a result, net loss excluding share-based compensation and changes in fair value of the 2017 convertible notes was $346 million in the third quarter of 2020, as compared to $175.2 million for the same period in 2019. With that, let me turn the call to Yen Thank you. We are not ready to open the call for questions. Operator? We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star than one on your touchstone phone. If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. To withdraw your question, press star then two. In the interest of time, we will take a maximum of two questions at a time from each caller. If you wish to ask more questions, please request to join the queue again after your first questions have been answered. At this time, we will pause momentarily to assemble our roster. Our first question is from Yang Wenko from Goldman Sachs. Go ahead. Thank you for that. Um, firstly, uh, congratulations on another strong set of numbers. Uh, my two questions are, firstly, um, we see for the gaming side the pay ratio uh, increased significantly, sequentially. So just wondering, is it due to the eSports events you have launched or the social features you have added in the quarter? Um, and along that line, uh, what do you see as the ceiling as well for pay ratio in coming quarters? And the second question is that, um, can we perhaps discuss a little bit of the fourth quarter gaming trends so far, uh, especially given the new games you've launched in the last few months, like uh, Fantasy Town or Fairy Tale. Uh, I'm asking this because, um, in terms of the full year gross bidding guidance, it appears to suggest perhaps a bit of a decline quarter to quarter for gross uh, for, for gross buildings in fourth Q. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, in terms of a pay ratio, uh, we see a very healthy pay ratio for this quarter. And uh, we'll continue to work on engaging with our uh, users globally and deepening uh, a pay user ratio over time. Uh, although uh, we wouldn't say that is a, uh, a singular KPI we're driving. Um, overall, I think uh, for Free Fire, as our goal is to make it into a long-living um, classic IT and a, a major gaming platform uh, with um, a varied content and uh, also a tiny social uh, community. Uh, our focus is still to drive user growth globally uh, in all our markets. At the same time, uh, we want to increase our user engagement, as you referred to, through a lot of community and esports events. Um, one thing I also wanted to uh, highlight that uh, during the third quarter, it uh, also happened to be the third anniversary of our Free Fire. Um, and, uh, and therefore, we had uh, special events and content, uh, which is uh, very well received uh, by our communities. And that also helped uh, with the pay user uh, ratio. So if you look at uh, our fourth quarter, um, we stated that uh, you know, uh, we, we expect the overall uh, game booking to exceed 3.1 billion. We actually uh, wanted to highlight that uh, uh, we meant for the fourth quarter to be sustaining the strong performance of the third quarter. 
Uh, and third quarter is an outstanding quarter with uh, more than 100, uh, close to 110 percent year-on-year growth. And uh, uh, it's, despite that, we expect fourth quarter to continue this very strong trend uh, with more than 90 uh, percent year-on-year growth, even if we just hit the 3.1 billion. But um, we hope to beat that, uh, although we want to uh, remain conservative on our projections. And therefore, we think on the gaming side, we'll continue to see very strong performance uh, into the 4Q and uh, next year as well. In terms of our new games, uh, Fantasy Town is a uh, farming uh, simulation casual game. Uh, we also incorporated a lot of uh, local content, uh, for example, Indonesia, uh, local landmarks, and uh, uh, characters into the game. Uh, to uh, really uh, cater to our local community's uh, preferences. Uh, Fairy Tale is a turn-based RPG game, and uh, these are our efforts to expand our genre and uh, diversify our gaming portfolio uh, over time. Uh, so we're not uh, particularly focused on monetization per se for these games, but more on understanding our local community base and uh, their preferences and user behavior with respect to different types of games. Our next question is from Thomas Chung from Jeffries. Go ahead. Thank you, management, for taking my questions, and congratulations on a strong set of results. Uh, my question is about uh, the e-commerce uh, competitive uh, landscape. Uh, can management uh, comment about uh, whether we see uh, any intensifying uh, competition uh, in the Indonesian market? And on top of that front, um, can you also uh, comment about uh, how we should think on about online grocery uh, category uh, in the Southeast Asia market um, post-COVID? Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, competitive landscape, uh, I think the uh, it continues to improve as far as uh, Shopee is com concerned. As we continue to extend our market leadership, uh, our Q3 quarter um, order growth was more than 130% year-on-year, which is uh, way ahead uh, of the market growth rate, uh, and uh, also we believe to be the other uh, uh, players' growth rates uh, in our market. And uh, or, you know, as we said before, um, e-commerce is uh, something that enjoys a, a very strong network effect um, and uh, the flywheel effect uh, as well. So as we uh, become a strong market leader, uh, we believe we'll continue to uh, grow. Uh, and uh, given the current environment of deepening, rapidly deepening digitalization and accelerated adoption of e-commerce. Um, we believe it's a, a golden opportunity for us to uh, capture a disproportionate share of the market growth. Uh, in any case, we think there's a very long runway for all players in the market, uh, given the relatively low penetration uh, in, in Southeast Asia for e-commerce at, at this stage yet. And uh, we believe in the longer run, uh, given the demographic um, and also the geographic nature of the, our uh, region, we believe e-commerce penetration should go much deeper, and uh, we hope to work with all players in the market to uh, collectively expand the pie uh, 
but uh, at the same time, we also hope to uh, further extend our market leadership. In terms of uh, uh, online grocery, uh, we continue to see very strong demand on uh, FMCG, uh, including grocery on our platform. Uh, we believe that uh, as people, uh, especially new users during this uh, COVID period, come onto the platform, having experienced the convenience of uh, buying things online, uh, as well as, uh, you know, especially during the social distancing uh, period, uh, I think this is something that uh, uh, once it's, uh, you know, people get into the user habit, it is very sticky and uh, we continue to see very strong growth in this category. Our next question is from Biyush Chudre from HSBC. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks a lot, uh, and congratulations for a strong set of results. Two questions, both on e-commerce. Firstly, what drove a quarter-on-quarter -quarter improvement in monetization and could you share what proportion of revenue comes from advertising income? And, and you have launched this program with five media agencies. Can you share some initial success of that? And secondly, on GDP growth, can you give us insights on how it is faring across your countries? Sure. Uh, on the monetization, uh, we, we are actually seeing uh, a very strong and healthy growth uh, in our revenue uh, from Shopee e-commerce platform. And uh, that is, uh, is still largely attributable to increase in the high margin part of the revenue, i.e. Uh, transaction-based uh, fees, including commissions, opting programs, handling fees, etc., as well as advertisements. Uh, also, the increased uh, revenue from uh, value-added services, uh, which uh, mainly consists of uh, cross-border logistics, uh, as well as uh, on the first-party product side, contributed to the increase as well. Um, but the, uh, the key trend is that we continue to uh, expand uh, our uh, high-margin revenue uh, thanks largely to increase in um, demand for advertisement by our sellers, as well as uh, opt-in programs where sellers can voluntarily uh, pay a higher uh, commission or uh, fee for joining certain programs that benefit their um, consumers and that improve their own sales volume, such as uh, free shipping programs, uh, any vouchers, and uh, uh, also promotion programs and you know feature seller uh, programs on our platform uh, during also during the shopping events. Uh, so this I think is a, a very positive trend. We continue to um, work with our sellers to improve the adoption uh, of these programs as well as advertisement as our seller communities continue to grow with us. Our next question is from... Sorry, uh, let me address the, the other two questions as well. Uh, regarding the, the media agency partnership, uh, this is another great example where we help our sellers, especially brand sellers uh, on uh, our mall side, uh, to grow the business uh, faster. Uh, so we have been uh, working with various uh, media agencies 
to educate them and um, advertisement on Shopee platform uh, on our uh, user behavior on how to uh, best attract and engage with our users and so that they can help their clients, uh, which tend to be the uh, brands, uh, better. And this is also in line with the recent trend uh, whereby we see a lot of uh, brands coming out to our platform. We now have more than 20,000 brands on Shopee platform, uh, and uh, the number continues to increase fast, uh, especially during this period uh, where we see the brands uh, increasingly uh, see the digital solution as something that's integral to their uh, overall offering, uh, given the, the social distancing uh, restrictions. And uh, in terms of uh, GMV growth across different markets, um, I think uh, we continue to see very strong growth. Um, the, the market differences are, um, you know, in terms of uh, uh, so the market generally were less affected by COVID throughout this period, like Taiwan, uh, Vietnam, as we shared before. Um, their growth rate continue to be robust and uh, in line with uh, uh, our uh, general trends. And there are also markets that uh, uh, have been affected by uh, the lockdowns more, uh, but subsequently have lifted uh, most of the lockdown measures um, uh, for example, like uh, Thailand uh, we, and in Singapore, uh, we see initially very strong um, increase in, in our um, e-commerce demand and especially in new user growth. And those users tend to stick with us and therefore the, the performance sustained throughout. Uh, even though the Q on Q growth uh, wouldn't be so uh, as strong as uh, between Q1 to Q2, year-on-year growth continue to be very strong. In some market, uh, it, we even saw um, you know, five times or six times uh, difference. And uh, in other markets like Indonesia, the Philippines, and Malaysia, uh, we continue to see um, some resurgence of cases and, uh, and from time to time uh, lockdown restrictions being imposed uh, in different formats. And uh, as a result, uh, I think we still uh, continue to see heightened uh, demand in our, uh, in our uh, platform as well. So I think it's still too early to talk about a post-COVID situation. But given the lockdown measures have been lifted uh, before in pretty much all the markets, uh, and during those periods of time, we have observed a very sustained, strong growth of our platform. Uh, we continue to believe that um, the deepening of digitalization and adoption of e-commerce during this period uh, is uh, sustainable. Our next question is from John Blackridge from Cohen. Go ahead. Oh, great. Uh, thanks. Uh, a couple questions. Um, first on. Um, digital entertainment, could you discuss Free Fire's monetization in markets outside of Southeast Asia and Latin America? And then on Shopee, uh, in the past, you've called out that Taiwan is EBITDA flattish before corporate expenses, uh, in part given significant market share advantage. In, in your other markets, if you get to similar market share position, is there anything structurally that would limit the margin profile and more broadly, just any color on Shopee's EBITDA trajectory go going forward would be helpful. Thank you. 
Thank you. Um, in terms of uh, monetization outside of uh, Southeast Asia, we previously shared before that uh, our um, revenue contribution for markets outside of Southeast Asia uh, already constitute a majority of our uh, digital uh, entertainment bookings. Um, and we continue to see very strong trends, uh, including in the, uh, the Latin America market, um, which uh, has a similar population size, uh, but in terms of GDP per capita, probably is uh, a bit higher than uh, Southeast Asia region. Um, we think there is a you know, very good potential to continue to drive uh, uh, user growth and pay user uh, and deepening engagement with our users and drive monetization over the long run. Um, uh, again, we will, uh, we're looking at it's a very long-term game and therefore, you know, we're not trying to extract every last dollar. We're still at the growth stage one and two to continue to grow this game uh, in Latin America as well as other markets uh, in the world. Uh, and in terms of uh, uh, the, the uh, uh, the shopping platform, Taiwan's EBITDA margin uh, continued to rise, um, so it's not actually flattish. Uh, you know, so therefore, uh, we do believe that uh, there is, a, uh, we have no doubt that e-commerce, uh, especially a strong market leader, can command a very healthy margin. Uh, although we don't dis separately disclose it, uh, but it's, uh, it's not actually flattish. Uh, so, therefore, we do not believe that uh, in other markets there's uh, anything that we see that would uh, potentially limit uh, uh, the, the, the margin that can be achieved in the longer run by a very strong market leader. Our next question is from Rajan Sharma from J.P. Morgan. Go ahead. Hi, good evening, and thank you for the presentation. Um, two questions from my side. Um, firstly, on uh, Shopee Brazil, um, can you can you share what is the strategy for that market now? It seems to have evolved more than a cross-border business uh, because we do see some local sellers there. So if you can talk about your aspirations for Brazil uh, from, from an e-commerce perspective. The second question is on Free Fire Max. Uh, we have been seeing a number of open beta tests happening. Um, if you can share what the feedback has been uh, and, and what you are drive, uh, doing to uh, drive success of that game in, in more developed markets. Thank you. Thank you. Um, in terms of uh, Shopping Brazil, as we shared uh, before, it was initiated and started by our cross-border team. And, um, and therefore, it's uh, primary cost border driven. Uh, and as a team uh, continue to grow the business, we also saw uh, adoption by local sellers, which we certainly welcome that. Um, in terms of uh, Free Fire and Max, um, uh, again, it's a, we see it as an integral part of Free Fire uh, as we try to cater to uh, the broadest range of consumers. Uh, so that uh, you can, uh, the, our users can choose to play uh, the Free Fire uh, version or Free Fire Max, uh, depending on their own preferences and uh, their phone um, uh, specs. And uh, basically, we're uh, we don't see it as a, as a separate game, but also uh, as part of the Free Fire experience. Um, 
and uh, I, I think that, uh, you know we're focused on uh, uh, making sure the user experience is highly smooth uh, because people who are playing Free Fire and Free Fire Max will be on the same map. Uh, so a lot of the details need to be worked out, and we will continue to focus on improving our user's experience, uh, whether it's through Free Fire or, or Max version. Our next question is from Alicia Yap from Citigroup. Go ahead. Hi, um, thank you. Um, good evening, management. Thanks for taking my questions. Uh, also, congrats on the strong result. Uh, I have some follow-up questions on the e-commerce. Uh, in terms of the monetization uh, model, uh, could you help us rank uh, in terms of the percentage of revenue contributions uh, among transaction fee VAS advertising? Uh, and also, potentially, you could help us rank uh, by the fastest growth um, growth rate, the year over year growth rate this quarter. Uh, any meaningful difference uh, between, let's say, the country in Indonesia versus the overall uh, group level? Uh, and then, uh, secondly, just um, is there a change of the product mix or seasonality this quarter? Because it seems like the AOV is a little bit lower. Um, so what, what could be the reasons for that? Um, and if you can update us on the purchase frequency this quarter. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, in terms of the uh, percentage of revenue, uh, we don't specific, specific split it, but uh, uh, suffice to say that uh, the high uh, margin revenue from uh, transaction-based fees as well as advertising is the majority of our revenue and also uh, the majority of the uh, contribution uh, to the revenue growth. Uh, the reason uh, we lump uh, transaction basis and advertising together in our market um, is that uh, uh, certain, certain programs, like the, a lot of the uh, opt-in programs that are uh, driving um, uh, very important contributing to the revenue growth, uh, is actually relating to advertisement or featured shop um, uh, placements on shopping platform. Uh, and the reason it's uh, under transaction-based fee is because you know we actually help our sellers uh, who might not be uh, uh, sophisticated yet uh, to uh, individually um, manage their advertisement placement and calculate ROI on advertisement, etc. Uh, so that uh, we actually facilitate uh, that by uh, offering this program to allow sellers to pay shop a higher fee and then they become worry-free. We will manage the keyword search bidding, the placement, the banner, uh, participation in events, et cetera, for them as part of the transaction-based fees. So it's a little bit hard to say you know, whether that's advertisement or transaction-based fees, um, but I think the important thing is it's a, it's a high margin revenue that is uh, the higher percentage and the driving uh, the growth. That, that, that is also part of the reason we believe in the longer run, um, the profitability model of the e-commerce is, uh, is not to be worried. Um, and also, in terms of uh, uh, our AOV for e-commerce uh, this quarter, um, I think we mentioned before that uh, uh, low uh, to uh, mid uh, double-digit, uh, low team to mid-teens range is, is something that's probably appropriate to our Market, uh, I think naturally, um, as you see, uh, you know, uh, 
countries like Malaysia uh, and uh, Philippines uh, with larger populations and uh, uh, and, and then growth over time, uh, overtaking uh, markets like Taiwan or Singapore, uh, generally with um, a, a smaller population. Uh, therefore, um, you know those markets with lower basket size uh, tend to account for over time more GMV than uh, those with uh, larger uh, basket size but smaller population. Um, and also, in particular, uh, during this period, uh, we see very strong growth uh, from those uh, you know, markets, as we mentioned, uh, like Indonesia, Philippines, uh, Malaysia, uh, where uh, there are more lockdown measures uh, being implemented uh, on and off during uh, the whole period. So there's, um, the young growth is uh, particularly strong from those markets. Um, but uh, I think overall, we will continue to uh, watch the product mix very closely. Um, I think the, what we see is that uh, uh, during the COVID period, you know, uh, particular categories like home and living, FMCG, uh, enjoyed uh, particularly strong uh, growth. Um, uh, and now with the uh, lockdown being eased in most of our region, uh, we continue to see fashion uh, start to recover and uh, the pace of recovery is accelerating. Um, and it remains a top category. So the overall category, uh, top category mix uh, hasn't really changed that much. Um, uh, but uh, we, while home and living continue, uh, and FMCG, health, health and beauty continue to be very strong, we also start to see very strong recovery of fashion. Our next question is from John Choi from Daiwa. Go ahead. Uh, and good evening, and thank you for taking my question. I have two questions here. So first of all, on your Shopee business, I think um, you know clearly we're seeing a very strong trend on the GMB, um, and also the revenue side. I just want to understand, like you know, what are the pri priorities when it comes to investments to further propel the top line growth, and you know, eventually narrow down, um, you know, or, or EBITDA uh, going forward. I think I want to know the um, investment priorities, and where do you think you need to uh, put your um, you know more work into. And second is on Free Fire. I know that we've done very well across the region, um, and I think management did share um, some highlight. Can you kind of um, elaborate a bit more, um, you know, how we should think about the um, average bookings per user? Um, you know, right now, clearly it seems that like we're still in an early stage, but how much more upside do we see in terms of, uh, you know, the ARPU? And, you know, are we going to, um, you know, launch any new type of monetization um, methodology uh, within the games? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, in terms of uh, e-commerce, I think we're very consistent in our approach um, and our communication that uh, we want to continue to grow uh, our e-commerce platform and continue to strengthen our market leadership, uh, at the same time focus on efficiency of growth and deepening of monetization uh, at, at a, a right pace for our market. Uh, and therefore, uh, our focus is uh, you know, uh, never changed in that regard. Uh, of course, as a, as a business model, uh, eventually, you know, naturally break even will will come, and uh, the naturally healthy margin we believe can be reached. Uh, it is a, a scale business, and it's a it is also a, a business with very strong network effect. And therefore, we believe it's very important. 
to continue to drive growth, especially um, during a period where we continue to see very rapid adoption of e-commerce and deepening of digitalization in our region. Uh, as we uh, emphasize, this is like a golden time um, to uh, to drive growth, and uh, and we want to make sure uh, the e-commerce penetration can can go further uh, in our region. And also, in terms of uh, uh, digital entertainment uh, booking, uh, so overall, I think uh, we have a very uh, healthy and strong number achieved for uh, third quarter at uh, 1.7 uh, per user, and, and, and that that is uh, you know at an uh, active user base of more than 570 million uh, for the quarter. Uh, so I think that uh, for our game, we believe that um, given the global market uh, it is accessing and uh, and growing, uh, there are also uh, potential to continue to drive uh, pay user ratio as well as um, uh, average uh, booking we can achieve for paying users over time. Um, but uh, again, the focus, uh, similar to e-commerce, is to continue to grow this game itself. Uh, we're not worried about monetization of a, uh, you know, massive, a game with a massive user base and uh, high user engagement. Um, this is, uh, it, it does come very naturally. If you look at our, you know, performance um, and also top line growth, as well as the bottom line uh, at a group level, especially, uh, we didn't even try that hard. We didn't drive it. Uh, it just comes naturally um, when, you know, the business scale. So scaling is something that uh, we continue to focus on. But of course, we are very, uh, you know, careful about efficiency. And uh, you know, uh, in our scaling, and, uh, and uh, of course, watching the natural market dynamics and be very close to our users, uh, this is still the, the top priority. Our next question is from Mark Goodrich from Morgan Stanley. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Um, just had a question on the games business, specifically for Latin America. Um, we obviously heard from you guys last year with potentially growing out a third-party publishing business in that marketplace. Um, and then we've, we've seen the huge success of Free Fire, so it's been a bit quieter coming through on that front. But I just wanted to ask, would you be able to share some of the initiatives that you've been doing specifically this year some of the games that are potentially coming through uh, into specifically into Latin America. And then following on that is, is there an opportunity to, to replicate that potential third-party publishing business into India as well? Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, in terms of uh, third-party publishing side, uh, we continue to work very closely with our uh, developer partners uh, globally and to discuss potential opportunities uh, in the uh, you know our global market and uh, the performance of Free Fire in particular in those markets uh, is, is definitely a very helpful uh, you know basically a data point for all developer. Uh, partners uh, in assessing our understanding of the market, operational capabilities, and, uh, and strong capability to drive uh, growth 
uh, in uh, in those uh, relatively difficult and complex markets where um, I would say not uh, wouldn't be another player that of our scale has achieved uh, the kind of track record that we have. Uh, so that put us in a very unique position globally uh, in driving growth on the mobile game uh, esports side. Uh, so we will continue to work with our um, partners and potential partners. Uh, and as usual, we don't uh, disclose, uh, you know, things or initiatives or discussions or uh, pipeline uh, for confidentiality reasons. Uh, you will see it when we officially announce it. But that's uh, something that we also continue to focus on. Our next question is from Rune Asuya from Credit Suisse. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, uh, good evening, everyone. So I've got uh, three questions. First, two on the gaming side. Uh, if you look at last two quarters, you'll see very strong quarter-on-quarter growth of more than 30% on the gaming side, primarily, I think, driven by Free Fire. So if you can provide a little bit more color, I know it has been also coincided with the COVID, but which all markets have there'll be such a strong performance on the Free Fire. You have seen also ranking improving in U.S., and uh, is it India where monetization is happening much better? Any other countries which have shown growth? The key thing that I'm coming from is sustainability of this revenue growth. I know you have mentioned that you believe that uh, the game has still a long way to go. But just to give some data points to draw some comfort will be helpful. That is number one. Uh, number two is on the uh, new games launches. It's been a while we have seen some new games from you. Any color, anything that will be helpful. Uh, another thing is that League of Legends Mobile is being launched. Uh, you, you guys didn't get it. Any any reasons for the same? Is it not under the ROFA? Any color on that is helpful. Lastly, on the consolidated EBITDA, if you look at, uh, you have come very, uh, now if you look at on the profitability side, uh, it's very comfortably you are on consolidated EBITDA profitability. Is it any uh, uh, future, if you look at ahead, uh, is it uh, likely to remain this or it's going to fluctuate quarter and quarter depending upon uh, the e-commerce uh, uh, investment that you will have to make? Thank you. Hey, thank you. Um, in terms of uh, our uh, global performance of uh, Free Fire, uh, the revenue contribution, we, we talked broadly three you know, buckets, uh, Southeast Asia and Taiwan. Um, and Latin America, and then you know the rest of the world, which are the what we call the, the emerging new emerging frontier markets for us, um, and uh, uh, that granted by the time of launching and uh, and, and uh, engage user engagement of the game. Uh, so in terms of that, uh, we see that revenue contribution coming from all three regions, uh, and, and same as revenue growth. Uh, and uh, uh, so we see very strong trends in all three buckets, and that is very encouraging. Um, and of course, uh, if you think about uh, long-term uh, growth potential and runway, uh, probably the, the, the frontier markets uh, present the greatest opportunities uh, in terms of, you know, uh, given the current very low penetration yet uh, in the global markets, uh, many of which including um, you know, some very high developed markets that we haven't really uh, fully uh, captured uh, and uh, even, I wouldn't say, formally entered yet. Uh, so I think there are still very huge uh, long runway and huge opportunity for our team to tap in that regard. 
Um, whereas for uh, Southeast Asia and Taiwan, for example, uh, we'll continue to drive user engagement and uh, deepening of monetization. And same for Latin America, uh, which is a relatively new market for, for esports uh, games. I think in terms of how, how, how deep the penetration can be, including the pay user penetration, remain to be seen. Uh, we already see very strong positive trends that showcase the, the market has at least as a good potential, if not more than you know Southeast Asia, uh, as I mentioned before. So I think we're very optimistic of continuing to grow in the game there. Um, and, uh, and that is uh, uh, one reason that uh, gave us uh, confidence in the sustainability of the revenue growth uh, of Free Fire. And if you look at uh, you know uh, uh, our year-on-year growth, uh, Q1 uh, was at 30%, uh, Q2 more than 60%, Q3 more than 100%. Uh, so there was a very fast, uh, rapid acceleration. Um, I think that that's why we are very happy to see that uh, you know our projection for Q4 is sustaining the the strong performance of Q3. Um, and uh, continue to uh, get to close to a three-digit growth for gaming revenue of uh, this magnitude, I think it's a, it's a quite achievement for our game team. And, uh, and again, we will continue to grow uh, the game uh, for the long run. Um, in terms of uh, uh, EBITDA trajectory, uh, we do not give guidance on uh, EBITDA. And as I said before, uh, that uh, our focus for each of our business is to drive Growth, as uh, given that our uh, potential, uh, you know, massive user base, uh, as well as a low penetration in many of the core markets we are seeing in each of our core business units, um, I think the the opportunity of the digital economy in our region and uh, for our game business in particular globally uh, is uh, really way ahead of us to tap. Uh, and uh, for each of our businesses, we also uh, are very confident of the ultimate profitability of the business. Uh, you can't see a game business that's really loss-making or a, a strong market leader in, in e-commerce uh, cannot be profitable or drive a very healthy margin. And so is the DFS. Uh, I think the ultimate business model has been very well proven. Uh, I think the question is, how can we scale our business uh, and at an efficient rate uh, that is right for our market and we will continue to execute and our track record has shown that uh, we focus on growth as well as efficiency at the same time. Uh, so when the, the margin uh, you know, improvement naturally comes, it comes. Uh, but I wouldn't say it is something that uh, we try very hard to artificially drive it. concludes our question and answer session. I would now like to turn the call back to Ming Yung Song for closing remarks. Go ahead. Thank you everyone for joining today's call. We look forward to speaking to you all again next quarter. Thank you. The conference has now concluded. Thank you for attending today's presentation. You may now disconnect.